Amen. Well, welcome once again to the house of the Lord. I know Pastor Ron was scheduled to minister tonight. I am not Pastor Ron. Although my middle name, one of them is Ronald. So please receive the word of the Lord. We're here in the house. I love seeing the children run off to kids' class. I remember that many years ago now. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to the book of John, chapter 5? John, chapter 5. We believe in the avenues of healing, avenues granted by our Lord, the great physician. We believe in divine healing, and we believe in supernatural surgery. We believe in the avenues given by our Lord. Operations, medicines, remedies, and cures. You know, I'd like to say tonight that where some would knock the health industry, we must not be so unwise. For even there, the Lord has his hand and works healings. You know, I think of the gifted hands of a doctor or the skilled hands of a surgeon, the compassion and kindness of a nurse. Preferred divine healing? John 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Prefer divine healing? So do I. Yet don't label it undivine just because the Lord uses a doctor. I trust you can receive this word this evening. You know, when my vehicle needs repair, I'd love for the Lord to supernaturally fix it. And you know, one time, I was completely out of gas heading out of town, and I laid my hand on the dash. I laid my hand on the gauge, and I watched the tank fill up. 
And so God can perform wonders even when we're talking about these type of things. I remember that so clearly. But I thank the Lord for the mechanic that he has called and gifted. When I'm in need of a mechanic. Not so long ago, my son needed healing in his arm. A dirt bike accident and a broken humorous, not so humorous. You know, we prayed on the spot. We laid hands on him. We declared healing in the name of Jesus. We spoke in tongues, quoted scripture, praying for the touch of God, declaring the touch of God upon him. And off to the hospital he went, praying for the touch of God. And I began to pray for those that would attend to him. You know, I stand here tonight to thank God for the medical staff and surgeon that was skilled enough to put my son's arm in place, pins and all. We see the place of a doctor, a physician in the New Testament, Colossians 4.14, Luke, the beloved physician. The NLT reads, Luke, the beloved doctor. Before I go on, I do want to say this because I believe it needs to be said. I want to say today that I am thankful for those the Lord has gifted and called to ministry in the medical field. Thank you. There's a lot of negative talk floating around today. I'd like to say thank you to all those who are part of this house that serve the Lord in this realm. God has called you. He has commissioned you. He has appointed you. And he has anointed you to do his work. So God bless. Physicians, the Lord Jesus is the great physician. He was a healer, he is a healer, and he will continue to be the healer. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He not only heals bodies, he heals souls. He heals spirits, he heals minds, he heals marriages, he heals families, he heals nations. Luke 4, verses 17 to 20. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. This is our Lord Jesus, the great physician. Matthew 9, verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and disease among the people. 
You see, the truth tonight is this. There is no sickness, disease, diagnosis that he can't heal. He is the curer of the incurable. The Passion Translation reads, Jesus walked throughout the region with the joyful message of God's kingdom realm. He taught in their meeting houses, and wherever he went, he demonstrated God's power by healing every kind of disease and illness. Do you know that we are his ministers? You are his minister. Yes, pastors, and what I'm about to say next definitely applies here, perhaps now more than ever. Yes, it is true. We all are his ministers. And as I've been seeking the Lord, especially over this last week, as I've been seeking the Lord, he spoke to me and he asked me this question. When did my ministers cease to be physicians? When did my ministers cease to be physicians? Was it when the world told them to? Or when the devil struck fear into them? Think about it. You see, a doctor swears an oath. Hippocratic oath. And you say, what is that? Well, it's one of the oldest binding documents in history written in antiquity. Its principles are held sacred by doctors to this day. Treat the sick to the best of one's ability. Preserve patient privacy. Teach the secrets of medicine to the next generation and so on. It speaks of the duties and obligations of physicians. Now, I'm not here tonight to discuss the dark side of this oath. But using this example, I thought about it, and it's true. A good doctor has sworn an oath. A good doctor lives by the oath. The doctor knows the risks involved. And the doctor goes in to see patients, into rooms with sickness, close to sickness, touching sickness, and then when the shift is over, goes home to their spouse and kisses their children. Is that not a picture of faith? And you're saying tonight you've lost it. No. Far from it. A tangible picture of faith working in action on the basis of an oath and a calling and a gifting. And so when did the ministers of the Lord cease being physicians? Mark 16, verses 17 and 18, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Is it possible 
that we want the result without the procedure? Could even be on the side of the patient. And yes, on the side of the physician. The Bible says they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know, I've laid hands on people under the attack of all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. Ones this nation doesn't even know of. And I set aside my own fears and reservations because I've taken an oath. This isn't about being reckless. This is about duty. Mark 2.17, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Jeremiah 8, verses 21 and 22, For the hurt of the daughter of my people I am hurt. I am mourning. Astonishment has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no recovery for the health of the daughter of my people? Question, does balm need to be applied? And often, who does the applying? Does this scripture apply to the great physician? Yes. Listen to the Amplified Bible. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people restored? Because Zion no longer enjoyed the presence of the great physician. I wonder, is it possible that Spirit would speak to us tonight, speak to us today using the words of Jeremiah? Remember what Jesus said, Matthew 10, 7 and 8? He said, go preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons freely you have received, freely give. We are his ministers. I wonder today, what if we are those who are called to apply the balm of Gilead? What if we have to use our hands? What if we have to get close to the afflicted? I hear the Spirit of the Lord speaking a word to us all. Don't cease to be a physician. No matter what the world says, no matter the fears the devil throws at us. And heaven forbid... Job 13, fortify, be true of us. But you forgers of lies, you are all worthless physicians. Oh, that you would be silent, and it would be your wisdom. James 2, verses 14 to 18. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. 
But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. What of the ones facing sickness and disease? Second Chronicles 16, verse 12. And in the 39th year of his reign, Esau became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. To pursue to search. Now remember the story of my son. There is a difference between seeking the Lord who moves in the medical field and simply seeking the medical field. Still one would say, I went to the doctor and I'm well. So what's the Lord got to do with it? And I would caution that person tonight, and I would say, careful, and fear the Lord, for it may be that he's giving you more time to look to him, to seek him. The Amplified Bible, in the 39th year of his reign, Esau was diseased in his feet until his disease became very severe. Listen to these words, yet in his disease he did not seek the Lord but relied on the physicians. You're saying, so what? The Voice Bible, he had the opportunity to look to the eternal, but instead he relied on physicians. The Knox Bible, trusting rather in the skill of physicians. Am I here tonight trying to confuse the people of God? No. Those who have ears to hear will clearly hear the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 17, 14, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. And this next verse is the testimony of many that have walked on this side of eternity. Psalm 30, verse 2, O Lord my God, I cried out to you, and you healed me. The Passion Translation, O Lord, my healing God, I cried out for a miracle and you healed me. I want to say tonight to the people of God, seek the Lord. Look to the Lord, for He is the great physician. And if He so chooses to use avenues that one would not instantly call supernatural, immediate miracle healing, so be it. Can't handle it? And if he does lead us down that avenue, seek him all the way and look to him all the way and bless him all the way and cling to him all the way and have faith in him all the way and praise him all the way. You know, I wonder how many ace laws have lived <laughs>
those who never sought the Lord but only the physicians, who never sought the Lord but relied only on physicians, who never looked to the Lord. What does the Bible say in Second Chronicles 16, verse 13? So they saw rested with his fathers. He died in the 41st year of his reign. You know, I wonder, what if he would have sought the Lord? What if he would have relied on God? And if the Lord had chose the avenue of the medical field, so be it. Perhaps he would have lived past the 41st year of his reign. I'm going to share the words of David Wilkerson with you this evening. We trust God in most areas of our lives, but our faith always has boundaries and limits. We have at least one small area that we block off where we don't really believe God is going to undertake for us. For example, many readers have prayed for the healing of my wife Gwen, but often when it comes to healing for their own husband, wife, son, or daughter, they limit God. I limit God in the area of healing. I have prayed for physical healing for many and have seen God perform miracle after miracle. But when it comes to my own body, I limit God. I am afraid to let him be God to me. I douse myself with medicine or run to the doctor before I ever pray for myself. I'm not saying it's wrong to go to the doctor, but sometimes I fit the description of those who sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. I ask you, do you pray for God to bring down walls in China or Cuba? But when it comes to the salvation of your own family, you don't have an ounce of faith. You think God must not want to do this. My loved one is such a tough case. God doesn't seem to be hearing me in this matter. If this be true, you are not seeing him as God. You are ignorant of his ways. God's desire is to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, Ephesians 3.20. God told me, David, you've tied my hands. You've shackled me. How can I heal you when you don't really believe I will? Your doubt hinders me from being God to you. I tell you, you don't know me unless you know that I am more willing to give than you are to receive. He continued, Israel murmured continually, Can God? Sure, he made a way for us through the Red Sea, but can he give bread? God gave them bread. In fact, he spread a table for them in the wilderness. But can he give us water, they asked. He gave them water from a rock. But can he give meat? He gave them meat from the sky. 
But can he deliver us from our enemies? Time after time, God provided and delivered in every area, yet the people spent 40 years saying, can God? Can God? Beloved, we ought to be saying, God can. God can. He did and he will. God can and will do all that we ask and believe him to do. We believe in the avenues of healing. James 5, verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call a doctor, search Google. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. What does the voice say? The voice says, are any sick? They should call the elders of your church. And I love how this reads. They should call the elders of your church and ask them to pray. You want to know the truth? I'm believing for the calls to start flooding in. That the Lord is known in the world and in our city as the God who heals. Are any sick? They should call the elders of your church. Imagine if they called the church. Because the church is full of physicians that have sworn an oath. Not like, hey, what's the need? I want to make sure I'm covered before I head in there. How serious is it? Are any sick, they should call the elders of your church and ask them to pray. And here it says they will gather around. Gather around and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. We can't change the text just because of the time we're living in. Smith Wigglesworth, God's word never fails. He will always heal you if you dare to believe him. Men are searching everywhere today for things with which they can heal themselves, and they ignore the fact that the balm of Gilead is within easy reach. Seek first the Lord. Run to prayer. Run to Jesus. Seek first the Lord. Run to prayer. Run to Jesus. Call for somebody to pray. For somebody to gather around you and lay hands on you and anoint you. The message, are you hurting? Pray. Do you feel great? Sing. Are you sick? Call the church. Call the church leaders together to pray and anoint you with oil in the name of the Master. Believing prayer will heal you. And Jesus will put you on your feet. Listen, physicians, we have a job to do. What's the job? 
We're all ministers of the Lord. We have a job to do. Lay hands on the sick. Pray for the sick. Gather around them. Anoint them. Apply the balm of Gilead. This is our duty. This is our obligation. And let it be our joy. I can't believe the day we're living in. Lord, help us. There are churches separating people right now, classifying people right now, holding out on people right now, seating them in sections. And this is the way of the world in the Lord's house for a comfort that belongs not in Zion. And God forbid that it finds place at the threshold, the doors, If that be the case, the gatekeepers have fallen. That's the word of the Lord. You know, I don't care about our stance. I don't care what our stance is on what the world is saying. What I care about is the call of God and the vow upon our lives and the oath upon our lives. I'll share a story with you. Some of you may have heard it. I was in the foreign field on a missions trip. I was young, went with my father, and there we are, found ourselves in a village in Chernefsi. And in this village, I don't really know what's going on. They're all speaking Ukrainian, and you know, here we are, and everybody shows up, the whole village. I'm like, what's going on? And there's my father beside me and another minister. Well, big circle in this open, open square, right? Big circle. Everybody gathers around in a circle. My, I have no idea what's happening right now. And then beside my father, this minister, the pastor in this village, and he takes this goblet, this cup, and he fills it with wine. What's happening? <laughs> Your mind's going to work, you know. I'm already in this village. People haven't washed their hands. People haven't bathed for weeks and weeks and weeks. People, I can see the diseases. I can see the infirmity. And there I'm standing. And I thought, surely we're the guests of honor. I found out we were going to have communion. And so he took a loaf of bread. And he broke the bread. He put it on a plate. And there's the cup, and I thought, surely it's going our way. My heart sank as I watched it go the other way. A communal cup. You know what's going on in your head? The devil's saying, don't drink it. Diseases, sickness, half of them have no teeth. Listen. And you're standing there, and God is working on your faith. As a, as a small, oh, I wasn't that small. I was, I don't know, 13. God's working on your faith. Lord, why are they using a communal cup? There, it's, you know, quarter way. Lord, I pray that they ran out of wine. <laughs> I mean, listen, it felt like an eternity. It felt like Time had stopped. It was in slow motion. And here I just watched this cup. I'm like, Lord God. And I turned to my dad and I said, Dad, I'm, 
I'm not taking communion. And he said, okay, son. That's all he said. And so there I am, and I'm watching it, and I said, Dad, I'm not taking communion. You know, I'm looking for his affirmation. I'm looking for him to say, son, you don't have to. It's all right. Just slip out. And it's getting closer and closer and closer, and it's literally like, right, there's a person here, and then this person is partaking right now, you know. And I finally turned to my father, and I said, well, I guess I'll take communion. And he said, well, you're worth waiting for, son. And I took the cup, and I drank. a simple lesson. We have a job to do. See, if I wouldn't have drank that day, it would have been disrespectful. I would have brought dishonor to everything that was happening. And so I made a decision. Because when I went on that missions trip, you know, I took an oath <laughs> to be a minister to be a physician, and how could I fail in this area and then show up to the meeting that night and lay hands on people for healing? Think about it. You say, I'll have faith for you from a distance. No. Jeremiah 8, verses 21 and 22, for the hurt of the daughter of my people, I am hurt. I am mourning. Astonishment has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no recovery for the health of the daughter of my people? Matthew 10, verses 7 and 8, Go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Mark 16, 18 in the King James Version, They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Thank you, Lord. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Listen, if we keep away and hold back our hands, we failed. The Lord is here for those in need of a physician. And the Lord is here tonight to reinstate physicians. And the Lord is here calling us to fulfill our oath. I love what John G. Lake said. He said, when I saw for the first time by the word of God that sickness was not the will of God, everything in my nature rose up to defeat the will of the devil. Listen, don't fear. Don't fear. God wants to use you. God wants to use us. I want to encourage all of us here tonight to pray for healing. Lay hands on the sick. Lay hands on the sick. Don't ask them, what do you got? And then decide, what else do you got? I shouldn't even go there, and I won't. 
take the oath upon you. God wants to use your hands as avenues of healing, that the ministry of the healer, that Christ flows. God wants to heal. Would you take the oath tonight? Would you say, Lord, use me? Because if you do, it might get real, real, real soon. Like tomorrow. Like tonight. Like somebody needs healing. Somebody needs you to lay hands on them. Can you see past their condition? Can you put fear aside and say, I'm going to be the hands of Jesus? I don't know how many people have prayed, Lord, I want to be your hands and your feet. And then he gives them the opportunity. And they want to do it from a distance. Show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. I've asked people outside of church if they wanted me to pray for them, and some have just straight out said no. (laughs) And I asked again, are you sure? Like, no. And others have said yes. Now, don't go force your way running around laying hands on people in the grocery store without them giving you permission. You might get kicked out or knocked out, you know. So be polite. But we have a job to do. Listen, if you open up your heart, you say, Lord, I want to be a physician for you. I want to be a minister for you. What if he leads you down the aisle tomorrow in the grocery store and you see something, you feel something, and you go up, you have a word of the Lord, and you go to the person. And that's their moment. That's their moment. It's easy to lay hands on all those that are super clean, squeaky clean, smell right, put deodorant on in the morning. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus' heart broke for everybody. And he didn't say, listen, this person, I'll lay hands on this person. I don't know. I, I don't think I can handle that one. Listen, God is with you. And he will give you power. He will give you power. We believe in a Lord that heals. Listen, now more than ever, the world needs to know that there is a God that heals. There is a God that heals. Because his name is above every other name. There's a lot of names being named right now. There are, wow, a lot of names, you know. His name Let's have the worship team return tonight. I trust you can receive the word of the Lord. You know, if you're in this room this evening and you need a real touch from God, the great physician is here. You know, I don't want to single anyone out. That's not the point of this. You don't have to share what it is. But 
if that's you, if you need a real touch from the Lord, would you, before, let me finish, because I want you to decide. Would you stand? And then would you allow brothers and sisters, the ministers, the physicians of the Lord to lay hands on you? You don't have to tell them what it is. We're just going to pray. We're going to believe. We're going to speak the promises of God. We're not going to speak doubt. We're going to speak life. And believe that God will heal. There are many people facing many things. People coming in week after week. And on the outside, everything looks all right. And on the inside, there's things going on. And perhaps they haven't shared it. But as the team just begins to play, they're going to sing this song, Jesus, Healer, Be Lifted Up. I mean, that's my prayer. Be lifted up today. Be lifted up in our world. Be lifted up in our streets. Be lifted up as Jesus, the healer in our homes. I charge every parent in this place, seek God first. Your kid comes and says, Dad, Mom, I got a headache. Don't run to the medicine cabinet. Lay hands on your son or daughter and pray for them. I just feel like saying, give God a chance. I feel like he's saying, give me a chance. Looks over homes. and he's Again, I'm not knocking the medical industry. I'm not knocking the healthcare system. I'm not, there are many good things. But give God a chance. Seek God first. Seek God first. Seek God first. There are many days I wake up and I don't feel quite right. I seek God first. Many years ago, I had an accident. Hit my face. I was tubing on the water behind a boat. <laughs> Hairline fracture. Had to cut through my face. Stitches. I still, it still affects me today when the weather changes. When I'd get on a plane, like the pain would be severe, severe. And more so when I'd go to the mission field. We talked about how the enemy attacks, right? And so severe. And you can ask Caitlin. When we were dating, we were driving in the car, and my face is like just killing. You know what? I'm believing God. I haven't taken any drugs. I'm believing God. Believing God. Lord God. Lord God. You know? Work on my faith, even if it means pain. Here we go. And I was sitting at a light. I could take you there right now. And she heard this, you know, this. It was the pressure releasing in my face. She's sitting on the other side of the car. I mean, we're married, so I guess it worked. But listen, let God increase your faith. Let God increase your faith. When you feel things in your body, I feel like saying this, let God increase your faith. Don't pray once and run. Don't open the bottle Put it in your mouth, drink, and then start praying. Because you know what? Then you're questioning, like, I don't know, Lord, was it the Advil that I took or was it you? God wants you to know that it's him. I'm not trying to push any buttons at all. I'm just speaking what I felt like the Lord told me to share tonight. And I pray that our faith increases. And I do pray that the phone rings off the hook. Can you imagine 
if there was a phone line, people were just calling, people from the community. I heard your church has a bunch of physicians. Think about it. And then we gather around and we lay hands. We lay hands on them. Okay, so if you have a need in your body, you don't have to say a word. You don't have to tell anybody what it is. And this is God. He's the great physician. And all we are, listen, we lay hands on people. We believe. It's not by our might or power. It's by the Spirit of the Lord. The healing ministry of Christ flows through our hands as we pray. And all glory is given to him, the great physician. And so just quickly, I know it's 727. We're going to pray tonight for those that have a need. If you have a need and you're comfortable with standing, please stand. I'll just get you to stand right now. And then those that do not have a need, just take a moment and look around and see those that are asking for prayer tonight. And then if you'd be bold, you don't have to do it. This is, there's no force at all in this, okay? If you'd like to pray for somebody and lay hands on them, just move around the room and lay hands on somebody tonight, and we're going to believe that Jesus is going to be lifted up and glorified in our midst. This is what it means to be the body. This is what it means to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what the word of the Lord says. And so even as we go to lay hands on people, we believe. We say, Lord, you said in your word, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We're not forcing this. We're praying for the mercy of God. Son of David, have mercy. Son of David, have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Pour out the gifts of healing in this room right now. Pour out your healing touch in this room right now. Lord, you see every infirmity. You see every sickness. You see every diagnosis. You've read it well. But, Lord, we declare that you are able, O God. We declare that your arm is not too short, that you cannot save, that you cannot heal. Lord, you can break the bondage tonight. The stronghold's broken in the name of Jesus. 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 Jesus healer. Jesus healer. Jesus healer. We exalt your name, Lord. We exalt your name in this house. We declare your name in this house. We declare that you are the God that heals. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the Father of lights. You delight in healing your children. Lord, you said in your word in Exodus 15, 26, you declared it, they're your words. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that heals. Lord, your very word is health. Health to our, to our mortal body, health to our flesh. And so we receive it tonight, Jesus. We receive it tonight, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Be lifted up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Your kingdom come and your will be done forever. Yeah, be lifted up.
Jesus.